Welcome to 36 Questions. I'm Nick. And I'm Anna. And we're a married couple. We got married in 2014. She remembered. I'm so excited. <laughs> I remember the date. I just couldn't remember the year a couple weeks ago and I was really embarrassed. And I was like, I don't remember the year. I remember the year only because it's on my ring. Oh, it is on your wedding ring. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything written on mine. It's very fancy. Um, we... Uh, do you want to talk about the 36 questions? Yes. So it's a psychological experiment made in the 1970s by Arthur Aaron, and he created a list of questions and narrowed, narrowed them down to see if he can get two strangers to be more intimate with each other. And he brought people into a room that didn't know each other, and two of the participants actually got married six months later. It's amazing. And they ended up inviting everybody else who was part of the psycho- psychological experiment to be a part of it, uh, to be a part of the, the wedding. Yeah. Um, and we found out about this through a New York Times article by Mary Lee Catron. Yeah, in the Modern Love column. And she also found love. Yeah, which is really cool. So our first season was all pure strangers that didn't know each other. And this season we're hoping to get couples in to see if the, they can come closer to each other. So they're already in love? I don't know. Oh, we don't know. We, we don't can't know assume. <laughs> there might be. So <laughs> we've had people on who are engaged. Some have been married for a long time. And here we have... Uh, Mike and Megan. Hi. <laughs> What's up? Um, I kind of want to know how you guys met because I don't think I know the story. Tinder. <gasps> yeah, it's passionate. <laughs> it works, everyone. It does. No, yeah. I mean, I think it's a good story. Well, I mean, simple story. We met on Tinder. I was watching There's Something About Kevin. <laughs> and we were messaging about it. And then we exchanged numbers, and we were both leaving town for Father's Day a few days later, so we met the next night. Yep. Yeah, we met the next night because we had to, like, squeeze it in. Yeah. And it went really well. Yeah, no, it was. It was just like, well, we didn't want to wait, and it went really well. Yeah. And then we both left town for, like, a week And we didn't see each other for two weeks after that. And then Mike was really pushy about getting together again, which was great. Yeah, she was kind of like... She was kind of no. I not, liked him. Not that interested when I got back. I, I was liked like him, but it was her. busy. Yeah, but you were like, oh yeah, we'll we'll squeeze it in, and I was like, oh, this girl's totally blowing me off, but I really liked her. Aww. And I was like getting frustrated, and and I was like, okay, if we don't meet up by Tuesday, just yeah. <laughs> he sent me an ultimatum text. <gasps> no, it, it but it worked out. It wasn't no, but he was but, cute. Yeah. And then we went on a second date, and then we were like immediately super dating after that. Yeah. Moved quick after that. And Already how long have it. you guys been dating? Only like a year and a half. Or under, less. Under that. Under that less. Yeah. <laughs> We've been living together yeah. for eight months. <laughs> yeah. And what about each other's Tinder profiles attracted you guys to each other? I don't remember. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, she was <laughs> really funny. That was what really grabbed it. I mean, yeah, when we talked, you were really funny. You know what she said... Um, because Cinder, you have a pretty limited space to type. And I remember she wrote something about, um, I'm best friends with my mom and I have lots of cats or something <laughs> like that. And just like, you know, a little tongue in cheek. And I thought that was really clever. And I was like, oh, man, she'd probably be fun. To oh, talk yeah. To. You sent me and like a message and we we were kind of like very jokey. Yeah. It was I very could tell he was really forth. smart. It was back and forth after that. So it was good. That's really sweet. I'm so excited to get to know uh, you, Mike, a little <laughs> bit more. I know Megan. Uh, from before, uh, but yeah, let's get started with the questions. Here we go. Okay, question one. Given the choice of anyone in the world, living or dead, who would you want as a dinner guest? Oh. I, think, I think I know yours. Well, I know what I think would be yours. Oh, really? But you go ahead. I don't want to suggest. Oh, that's funny because I don't know mine at all, but I'm going to make one up. Um... I'm going to say Dolly Parton. Oh, so exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Just because I think she would be really, I think she would have a lot of wisdom. She I mean, her she does have a lot of wisdom. She would have a lot of stories should about have people a, you're very interested in. She would have a lot of stories, and she's really just, like, warm and fun. I feel like there are a lot, there are people I could probably learn a deeper lesson from, but no, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, don't know. I choose Dolly. That's what would be you're. yours? Do you think you know mine? You don't have to say it. I think I might. Uh, Sam Harris. Oh, yeah. He's a writer, (laughs) neuroscientist. Um, uh, He's kind of known for being like a very outspoken atheist. 
and but pro spirituality. Yeah, very spiritual. Like yeah, very into meditation. And um, but he's a very I think I, I always classify him as the most rational man on the planet, and he's just a brilliant guy. Yeah. Yeah, that would be yours. Yeah, I love Mike's him. a bit obsessed at the moment. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Oh, I know your answer to this too. Number two, would you like to be famous in what way? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really have an aversion to fame and popularity. I have no no online presence or anything like that. I like to keep to myself. I knew your answer to that. Yeah, I know yours. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hate that my answer would be yes. No, you shouldn't hate that. I do hate it. Um, but I have a hard time. Mike knows us. We've been talking about this kind of stuff a lot lately. But I have a really hard time thinking about like not leaving behind like a legacy or something important or not having accomplished something important. And I'm trying to get, let go of that. Like I'm trying to get rid of that. I think it's a little bit of an empty... Yeah, desire. I, I think the, the mortality comes into play there too. But like I would like to like, like to leave things behind. I, I guess like in what way I would I would like to like write something great that lasts for years and years and people read even right. when Taught the earth halls. is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question number three. Before talking with someone, do you ever rehearse what you are going to say and why? 100%. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. I am way an overthinker and I think I I think I rehearse a lot. I think I rehearse things in my head that I never say to anyone that I would like to say to. People. Well, like looking back on a situation or a conversation. I think I imagine conversations with my friends. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I think I but I but it, for that reason I think I do um, rehearse what I would say t- to people before I do also and imaginary conversations that never <laughs> happen. Um, I don't think I do. I, I really don't. I think that I, I kind of wish I did because I think sometimes I say things a little impulsively and I can come across as kind of an asshole. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, uh, that maybe, is true. Maybe. Oh, but yeah. no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but I think that you're careful with what you say. I, yeah, I think I, I think we all are to a certain degree, but I, yeah, there are all, there are times when I'm like, oh man, I wish I would have phrased that a bit differently. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, what would constitute a perfect day for you? Oh my. Okay, let's see. Wake up early <laughs> in New York, make tea, read for like an hour meditate and then i guess by that time you'd be waking up (laughs) seriously um preferably maybe not like a fall day not like a super hot day and you know many adventures that we always have like go for a walk check out a gallery have dinner somewhere yeah just spend the whole day out roaming around new york and kind of seeing where it takes you which i honestly have a lot of those days so but yeah, those are great. Like a little bit of an agenda, but a loose agenda. I like that. Um, I don't like a long script. Just kind of go where go where it takes us. That's really nice. We do have good mini adventures. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my perfect day would involve my family too. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, I think I would love to do something like that. I think I would like to, I think my perfect day would actually be to be somewhere else. Like, um, we do this little family, family reunion every, no, okay, no, not my family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my perfect day would be at my parents' house, but you would be there too, um, with my nephews and my niece and just like playing at the house. Yeah, like spend the whole day with them, make dinner. Yeah, just yeah. the normal stuff, but to be at my parents' house and with my whole family and you. Yeah, sounds nice. Okay, question Go number ahead. five. When did you last sing to yourself or to someone else? 
probably this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably this morning in the shower before you got home, after I got home from the gym. Yeah. It would probably be the last time I sing to myself. I, I, like, I play guitar and sing a lot, but only when Mike's not home. <laughs> you have yeah. a favorite shower song? Um, this morning I was listening to the musical The Last Five Years <laughs> by Jason Robert Brown, but usually country stuff. Yeah, um, I always come home to a country coming out of the yeah. bathroom. <laughs> um, oh, and to someone else? Or to someone or else? to yourself, and yeah, to someone else. Um, oh, my, one of my best friends got married last weekend. And we sang this song that's kind of a joke uh, after me and my friends. Yeah. After the reception, there's this song that we always sing at each other's wedding receptions that no one wants you to sing. (laughs) (laughs) It's an old sorority song and it's really terrible. And the bride never wants it sung. (laughs) So we always do it as like a I feel like those to the point now where if... The bride didn't get it, and she would be like left out. Probably, yeah. Guilty pleasure. But they always act like, no, don't do it. Don't you dare sing Ice Castles at our. Right. I say, go. Can I? <laughs> okay, no, you don't have to sing. You don't have to sing. <laughs> I can, but. Um, I. I don't. I'm never. I don't really sing much, but like, if a song comes on while we're like at home cooking or, like, working on that puzzle or something yeah i'll just start singing like a line <laughs> honestly like a majority like so much of the music i listen to is not even doesn't even have lyrics <laughs> <laughs> but you do sing along with stuff yeah 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 one of my first memories of dating you is you singing along to a nash the national song yeah that was fun and we just saw them a couple weeks ago yep and i bought tickets to it because that was one of my first memories when we were dating yeah i remember that really it was that great to me. Number six, if you lived until 90 but could only keep either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years, which would you choose? I would choose the body of a 30-year-old because I like my mind so much more now than when I was 30. And your mind can always just get better and better. Keep working on that. You know, people that are wiser, like, well into their older years Mike so. is 60 so he's almost there yeah right, yeah, right. I'm 50. I'm, yeah, right. I'm working That's, on it he says that a lot <laughs> um, I would choose the body too because I'm worried about like my body breaking down as I get older but also I think your mind accrues wisdom and I wouldn't want to miss yeah, out on like that yeah that's like the best part about getting older is like actually focusing on it totally to... it gets better yeah I just realized that at no point do people say their ages in the podcast. So we, we could be interviewing 60-year-olds. It's right. fine. Oh, yeah, it's, fine. yeah, it's true. Not 90, though. Yeah, not 90. You would know. Okay, number seven. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? She's got, like, irrational fears for days, so. Worries this, this every long, day. I don't have any hunch. I don't have any hunch at all, but I... I worry about myself dying way less than I worry about my loved ones dying. I worry about my loved ones dying all day, every day. Um, I am a little bit of a hypochondriac, but no, I don't think I have any idea. Yeah, I, I don't really either. I had, I did have a hunch a few times. Uh, I talked about recent. I was talking about this earlier. Recently, I had um, like heart palpitations from the amount of caffeine I was taking in, and I was always when I had those, I was like, oh. I'm going to have a heart attack. That's how I'm going to die. And it's just statistically accurate for men. That's how a lot of men But die. now I quit drinking coffee and I don't have that. But when I owned a motorcycle and I would mm-hmm. like lay that thing down every once in a while, and I was like, oh, yeah, I could totally see myself crashing and burning. That's why you're not allowed to have a motorcycle. Right, right. Yeah, I don't have that's one That's why I'm not allowed to have a motorcycle either. <laughs> that's why all that's of a, you men out there are not allowed to have motorcycles. That's a good rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not upset. <laughs> that number eight name something you and your partner have in common sense of humor for sure yeah that's like that's the glue yeah and that was the first thing we kind of yeah i think that's pretty crucial but yeah that's obvious okay same answer (laughs) 
<laughs> Too cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is, though. All right, number nine. For, for what in your life do you feel most grateful? Oh, man. I guess blanket, um, the, the people who love me. Like, I have a really great family, and I found you, which is great. But I think I... I think I take that for granted because I think not everyone has that like great support system in their life. Yeah, I don't, you don't take it. I don't know. You mentioned that a lot. No, I don't you, take it for granted. You talk about that <laughs> yeah. A lot. Yeah. I think I take it for granted that other people don't have it yeah. sometimes. Yeah, maybe. But maybe. I don't take for granted that I do. You're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I mean, it's hard to say anything other than that. <laughs> yeah. Like, my family's really awesome too. And, uh, like my parents are great. I can go to them kind of with anything. My friends too, though. Like having like, I have very f- few friends, but the ones I have are like tremendously valuable. <laughs> so, yeah. And just finding people in my life that are like have my back and stick with me through everything. Number ten. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Oh man, let's think. So many things. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think that there were just certain things that my parents were really reluctant to like talk to me about, like be upfront, like kind of real life stuff. I mean, they gave me everything. Like they worked their asses off to provide like education, and and uh, you know they were super loving. But I think like some of the big questions of life things which me i probably wasn't prepared for anyway but there was no groundwork for any of that um which they're probably honestly like not even conquering that in their own lives so that's about the only thing like certain things that i think about now and i'm like oh man I, I never had a conversation like that with my family so that would probably be a little different if i had that in my way yeah it's hard to say because i feel like i had a really good upbringing I guess what I'm trying to say is like they were just very much like do things this way and yeah this is you don't need to know why like you just this is how you should you go to college you get a job you do this and you just work it's until you dry. retire you don't have to love work you yeah. just have to this is life you know like it yeah. wasn't just more like try to find deeper meanings and things but I don't think that's easy to one understand on your own and two to have that conversation with an adolescent yeah I think we've been talking recently about um we were talking recently about feeling certain ways about things when you're growing up because of religion and like you didn't really have that like a religious background no yeah like briefly but but I think that and and exactly. my parents weren't particularly religious my mom would be sad if she heard me say that because I think she thinks she is but we weren't we were like raised Catholic but kind of like let to do whatever we wanted and then I actually started going to a Southern Baptist youth group with my friends and got super religious which my parents weren't psyched about but were fine with and I think that I would wish they would have talked me out of it a little bit because I think that that super I mean to each their own but I think that super religious kind of limiting view is a little damaging when it comes to things that are healthy and normal for adults to do yeah I mean it depends yeah it depends but yeah could be yeah all right number 11 take two minutes to tell your life story in as much detail as possible and go. <laughs> okay. Um, I was born in South Florida, and then I we moved to the Panhandle of Florida. Well, we moved briefly to like Maryland or something, and really moved to the Panhandle of Florida when I was one. So I lived in the Panhandle of Florida my entire life, basically. Stop saying Panhandle of Florida. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Keep moving. I don't and even know what the Panhandle of Florida is. Panama City. We call it the Redneck so, Riviera. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, it's beautiful beaches. <laughs> PanamaCity.com. <So> we, <laughs> this is an ad yeah, for Panama right. City. Um, okay, anyway, grew up there. 
went to high school, started getting interested in theater when I was in high school. I did a lot of music stuff. I played piano and I sang. And then I went to college for theater. And I worked a lot of summer stock theaters as a performer (laughs) when I was in college and after. Um, And then I moved to New York, still pursuing kind of the same thing, but was interested in doing other parts of it. I was interested in directing and writing and still did all those things also and started making a lot of films with my friends here in New York. Then started making comedy videos, which is where I met Anna. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm leaving out a lot lot of stuff. It's really scary. Um, Yeah, I've just been like writing and working as a video editor in New York. You wrote and sold something. Yeah. And I met... (laughs) You did sketches at UCB for a long time. Which is where I met Anna. And then um, <laughs> I met Michael. I have a cat. <laughs> I lived in New York for eight years. I did a really bad job with this Yeah, question. I'm going to take pointers on yours. I left out my Southern Baptist high school yeah. background. Possibly I went to college in Alabama. I don't know. What that is was bad. That was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. All right, I'm up. Yep. Okay. I was born and raised in western Pennsylvania, kind of like the woods, middle of nowhere. Um, Pretty normal childhood. Uh, Got into like punk rock and skateboarding at a young age, kind of as much as an isolated kid in suburbia can. Um, At 17, I moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is the closest city. I went to the Art Institute for Photography, worked in that field for a while. Bounced around a lot with my friends that I met in Pittsburgh couch surfed in California, moved to Phoenix, kind of just didn't, had no direction. Moved home or like back to Pennsylvania, um, went to nursing school after kind of floating around, kept skating, got, became like a, like amateur sponsored skater, followed that a lot, got really, really into that stuff. Um, that's like all my core friend group. Um, worked in nursing for a while, moved back to California, lived on the beach with my long-term girlfriend at the time, moved back, got married for six months. What? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's just finding all this out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, what? Um, no. um, that didn't work out. Uh, and then I got into anesthesia school. That's something I really thought I wanted to do, but I didn't like it. So I moved to New York, got a job here, met Megan, came in this apartment, and now I'm here. Boom. That's pretty good. That's exactly two minutes. Good job. He That's did good. way better than me. Honestly, I would not have expected that, but you were way more succinct, and I got totally panicked trying to tell my you got hung story. up on the Panama you City thing. You just told us the most touristy places in Florida to go to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This episode brought to you by the Panhandle of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Shipwreck Island Water Park. <laughs> okay, number 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained... Any one quality or ability, human or superhuman, what would it be? Oh man, I want to say something so nerdy, but that's okay. Um, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I wish that I could meditate to the point of yeah. like being enlightened. Which I mean, I am nowhere near being like like a Buddhist type person, but that to me is like a real superhuman kind of thing to do. But now, if we're talking like Marvel comics type thing. I wish I could fly. Yeah, fly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not surprised by that meditation answer. Um, I guess I have no idea what I would want to do, but I I guess I would like teleport. Like teleporting would be oh, a, a really useful, like just to be able to like pop in and see my family sure. for the day, but still live in New York City. Yeah, like on your way home from work, go like have. An espresso like out staring at the Eiffel and Tower and then just yeah. bounce back into Williamsburg. Oh, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Oh, Teleportation, so nice. please. Teleporting is the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank exactly. you, Nick. Yeah, Am I one. winning? <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> Megan is winning the podcast right now. <laughs> okay, number 13. If a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, or the future, what would you want to know? Oh, no. So basically, um, this crystal ball can just tell you anything. Oh. I guess I have a lot of anxiety about the future. And my impulse would be to want to know, like, 
how everything. Yeah, but what if it's bad? Then you're just anxiety. Then you're just waiting for it. <laughs> That's, That's the thing horrible. is, you're not supposed to. I guess that? I wouldn't want to know. I think here's the thing I would want to know. I would want to know what I end up doing career-wise because that's kind of my variable right now. Yeah. And I would want to know if I'm happy doing that. But you. But then what do you do? Change it, I guess, if you're not? I mean, can you change the future? Yeah. I guess it's the future, so you can't change it. Whatever it shows I mean, you is the thing you're going to end up doing. So I guess my only question would be about career stuff. I don't – as much as I worry every moment about bad things happening to my loved ones, I wouldn't actually want to know because – unless it was good news. Right. But if I was like, Crystal Ball, show me my loved ones who are going to survive a long time, then well, I would be worried about the other ones. Yeah, that's not – that just tells time. you which ones are going to so die wouldn't soon. Wanna know. Yeah. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> Okay, now I'm worried about it. I, I don't honestly don't think I would want to know anything either, because yeah. I just think it's too stressful and yeah, I don't think I think that any answer that could be views as po- viewed as positive would have an alternative, which would be a negative. Like you would know something negative because you know this positive thing. Like you'd be like, oh, if this worked out, then this didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I just yeah, like I just wouldn't want to know anything. Yeah, it's too scary. Number 14, is there something you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Um, yeah, I, I guess school. Like, I, I, you know, I, I dropped out of anesthesia school to move to New York. And so I've, like, thought, yeah, I should, I should be going to school when I got here. And do like, you dream of doing that? You know, I, I do. I dream of having a different, like, a different, like, a, degree but I just don't know what it's in yet yeah yeah like I I thought for a long time it was anesthesia and then I thought for a while maybe it's sort of this computer aspect of healthcare it's like statistical based it sounds super boring so now I'm like I just don't know yeah but I do want to do it it's just always that back burner thought that I feel like I haven't accomplished yet I think I dream of writing a lot of things (laughs) that I haven't written and I think the reason I haven't is just fear, lack of self-discipline, the same things that keep anyone from writing anything. Um, yeah, that would be it. Number 16, what do you value most in a friendship? Um, I think having like a connection with people that really just get you, you know, like really like you meet a couple people throughout your life that you're like, all right, I get this person. This person gets me. And you just, so many, like, so many similarities, but not just that. There's just something more. There's like that extra element that you're like, I am totally going to be best friends with this person. And you you don't have to explain much to them or explain like what you're feeling or why something's funny or why you want to do something. Like they're just right on the same wavelength. I think that's like crucial. Yeah. I would say the thing I value in my longest friendships is just the ease of being with people who know you so well and not having to like being able to like bring something to someone and they know all of the stuff that comes before it. It's like they have your whole background already in their mind and they have they know everything about you. So it's like easy for them to talk about whatever the issue is because it's they know everything there is to know and be answer <laughs> to go with that would just be like the lack of judgment yeah. just you can bring anything to, yeah. to someone all right number 17 what is your most treasured memory boy um okay i think I'm not sure, <laughs> but one of my most, I, I guess one of my most treasured memories would be um, my brother's wedding, my older brother's wedding, because he had been very sick for a long time. Yeah, wasn't sure you guys would have a wedding. Yeah, he got engaged kind of right before he found out that he was sick and then battled this whole illness and he was in remission 
when he was 24 and I was 21 and he got married and it was just kind of like a great celebration of it being like I love my sister-in-law too and I'd known her since I was 16 but it was also like the cap on that bad through a lot by that point yeah Yeah. it kind of meant a lot that we got there great and they have three kids yeah yeah that's a good one I think mine mine sounds so much more selfish than that that's okay um like just traveling traveling like just the people you meet um and experiences you have like uh traveled throughout asia and in europe a little bit and yeah i think like those memories really stick with you and they really kind of shape the type of person you are so i like to see that kind of stuff see different cultures and you've like traveled that. a lot with your friends which is really important y- to you too. yeah crucial yeah for sure number 18 what is your most terrible memory <laughs> oh man yeah i found a friend of mine dead yeah what? that was yeah he had od'd like um i was like I was pretty young and I mean I was like late teens or something and there was a party and I, I slept at my friend's house and my friend wasn't even there at the time he was as a different friend and when I woke up in the morning they were like oh hey you got to come out here and see this see him and he doesn't look right and like I walked out and as soon as I saw him I was like holy shit he's dead and my friend was there with, like, my friends are there with me, and they were, my one friend is really young, and he's, like, freaking out. I mean, he's, like, 13, and he's, like, crying, and I had to take him outside and, like, calm him down. Yeah, that was so gnarly. That was really rough. And, um, yeah, it was just a very, very trippy time. Like, for some, and I, I didn't work in healthcare at the time, so it was, like, a really, really shocking real-life scenario that I wasn't I didn't mean to make you to. say that. But I just thought that's what. No, I didn't say. even think about that. I'm glad you brought it up, honestly, because that's that's for. But sure. I mean, your answer can be. No, that's way worse. <laughs> I would have thought that. Um. I imagine. Yeah, I think I know yours too. Yeah, I think it would be the same kind of in line with my best memory. Yeah. Um. Yeah, finding out my, out my brother was sick was really terrible. Actually, I. <laughs> Weirdly, um, the, the morning that I found out something was wrong with him, my whole family had been out visiting me at this summer theater that I worked at in Oklahoma and he had been there and like looking really pale and, um, we had laughed. We went to lunch right before he left and found out and, uh, we, we went to lunch right before he left and he joked about ordering a spinach salad because my mom said he looked anemic and then he, um, passed out at the airport in Memphis changing planes on the way home yeah and he checked into the hospital that night and and weirdly the worst part of that memory is that I had had this amazing night I had gone out with my friend Jackie and we had gone out to the theater where we worked and we rode horses in the middle of the night and had this amazing night and then I woke up to a million missed calls from my mom saying that there was something wrong with my brother and all they knew that was that there was something wrong with his blood and he was in the hospital and I had just seen him 24 hours before, so it was really crazy. All right, number 19. If you knew you would die a year from now, <laughs> would you change anything about the way you are living, you are now living, and why? Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't be working. I wouldn't just like work to make money. Yeah. I would go travel and go spend time with my family and you. Yeah, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't work at a job just to make money. Just yeah. I think I would probably be able to survive for the rest of the year and just go see things I want to see and spend time with people I want to spend time with. But that's the main thing is I wouldn't just work. Yeah, yeah. I guess same. You know, you try to like cram in a bunch of stuff that you wanted to do, but yeah, I feel like it would be so bittersweet, like everything you did. But yeah, Yeah. I, I would live differently yeah I think you I think I would appreciate things so much more you need to take so much stuff for granted like the daily stuff so yeah I would definitely spend more time with everyone that I loved and at the same time not being like a jaded person that I normally am like (laughs) yeah number 20 beyond what you value in a friendship what does having close friends mean to you personally 
oh, it just it means that I'm not really alone. You know, that I'm never really on my own. Yeah. I've always got those those people. Like and I know that even though I don't talk to them every day or see them every day, I know that they're there. Yeah. I think you and I both have really close friends that are really, really like vitally important to us. And I think you can talk to friends about things you can't talk to family members about sometimes. Oh, absolutely. So I think that's the function for me is like it, it means you have people that you can really like talk to about anything. Number 21. How important is love and affection in your life? How do you show affection? <laughs> oh, I have to answer first. Yep. Um... I'm going to say something really cheesy, I feel, <laughs> coming. That's okay. But I feel like it it's all a lot more important to me since I met you. And I think affection never was that important to me. But I am very needy of affection with you. Yeah. <laughs> but I never was. Yeah. And I never showed a lot of affection. But I just, yeah, just so much different to me with you do you want to answer how you show affection or do you want me to answer how you show affection? Oh. <laughs> i think i'm very like cuddly and physical and you cook oh yeah i cook yeah, uh, that awesome is yeah oh, that's a way better answer but that's very true for me yeah, that sure. is how i show love that's how i apologize it's how <laughs> i it's how i like try to do something special it's true um yeah i think i you know, I think I always tried to play like tough and like, uh, you know, take it or leave it kind of situation with a lot of stuff. But um, the fact that I was always kind of trying to find another person, you know, it kind of tells you that, yeah, it, it that love is important in my life. I think it, it's important in everyone's life. If you want to have a whole full life, you, that's what you need. And and with you, I think. I think that, I mean, I, I don't cook. I cook like once a month and it's grilled cheese, so I don't show it that way. <laughs> or tacos. Yeah, taco night. But I, I honestly think I just show it mostly by trying to make you laugh. Because yeah. I spend all day just making jokes to you that I would never make to anyone else and being like super silly, like a way that I would never be pretty much around any other human. You are sweet and, and affectionate, um, like physically, but you do really. Yeah, make I me really laugh. like making you laugh because I think it makes you feel better. Yeah, you really make me laugh. That's so cute. Oh, you guys. <laughs> um, number twenty-two, share two positive characteristics of your partner. Um, well, you're really smart, like so smart. Like when you say things to me, then if you challenge me. I can't just default to, I know I'm right. I actually have to think about it. And you are extremely loving and caring to pretty much everybody. Aww. You don't hate on anybody. That's nice. Um, I was going to say first that you're really smart too. <laughs> that would be my <laughs> first. Um, Oh, actually, I think the two things I was thinking about you are kind of exactly the same almost. Um, well, yeah. I'm not nice to everybody, though. I'm no, you're not. But I was going to say something <laughs> different, kind of. I mean, well, yeah. Okay. I think, number one, you're really smart. And uh, I appreciate a lot that we were mentally very, like, in line with each other. Like, that was one of the first things that made us realize we really liked each other, I think, on both ends was that mentally we really like got each other um I think you're really very smart and I think um yeah I wanted to say like you have like a really good heart which you do but I think I'm I'll change number two I think that you're really um you are at least at this moment you're very impressive in um, like seeking knowledge and you're really interested in, in a couple of things really like heavily right now. Like you're really interested in mindfulness and consciousness and stuff. And you're, you just kind of like read ferociously and like want to know a lot, which I find very impressive. Cool. Number 23, how close and warm is your family? Do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's? Yeah. I think probably it was. I don't, yeah, 
I don't feel like there was anything. Yeah, I mean, from an outsider's God. perspective, you guys are super close. Yeah, I think we're very close. I mean, for instance, like they do a daily thing where her mom sends out the daily Jeopardy question to everyone <laughs> the in the family. Jeopardy the one. final Jeopardy. Yeah, and we they have all a, answer it every day. Yeah, every single day. Every weekday. So they're like, like that's next level family closeness. Yeah, I think she does that just so we all check in at some point in the day. Yeah, for it's sure. really fun. Um, I really like that. And I, I think we are very close emotionally. I was just saying to you yesterday, I think, that I don't think we're a very touchy-feely family physically. Like, we hug and stuff. And I, I like, yeah, snuggle I on the babies. Not touchy-feely family is probably okay. <laughs> That's a weird way to think about it, I guess. But Well, I was just saying, I see, like, some families who are very, like, kissy and huggy. And I feel like mine, I guess mine is, like, a normal amount of that. But, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, we're we're very like we're very warm. Like everyone, yeah, hugs, kisses, all that stuff. Like yeah, but I'm not close in the sense where I'm like I'm gonna call them and tell them like deepest darkest stuff no. and like like I talk to my mom probably like twice a month. I mean I know no, she's there and she's always don't. reaching maybe three you times, talk more. not even once a week probably. Yeah, but I mean they're always there. They're very like present. we text each other. Yeah, they yeah. are, and they're always like driving out here to visit. Like I know they love me like endlessly. Um, man, they're um, super close, but uh, yeah, just not on like certain levels. Yeah, they're very warm. Yeah, no, they're totally sweet. Number twenty four. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? Oh, there we go. Um, she's honestly really great. She's a really smart woman. And she's a very strong woman, and she, uh, like, doesn't take any crap from anybody, and she's definitely, like, a big pillar in my family. But your relationship with her. Oh, yeah. So it's good. I mean, it, it is really good. Like, I love her. She loves me. I, she's always checking up on me. She's always worried about me. Mm-hmm. Like, she, my older brother has, like, always had, like, more of a straight and narrow life, like, career-wise, family-wise, everything. I've kind of bounced around a lot. And so she always just worries about me and kind of always, like, checking up on me. But I think she knows that I'm okay. I think she was really relieved when I met you and things really blossomed because she was (laughs) like, all right, somebody's taking care of him. Yeah, she does feel that way. But I know if I ever needed anything, then I could go to her. Mm -hmm. My mom is, like, my best friend. We talk all the time. I made a joke about that when we first started dating. You said that earlier. Yeah, yeah. But she really is. I mean, we, we have a really close relationship I feel like there's some things I would say to my friends before I would say to my mom, but almost everything I talk to my mom about. All right, number 25, make a true we statement. For instance, we are both feeling. Um, Okay. I would say we are both kind of at, turning points career-wise and trying to figure out our dharma. (laughs) (laughs) Mike just read this book about um, finding your true life's calling, finding your dharma, and I just started reading it. Yeah, I think that's true. We're both kind of at that point where we're trying to like find what we're really supposed to be doing with our lives. Yeah, and kind of a take on that, I'd say we are both trying to figure out what we can offer the world to make it better. We're both very interested in helping people right yeah, now and I just, trying to figure yeah, out. Yeah, that. like trying to be less self-centered in our existence. It's a good time for that. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding, yeah. Number 26. Besides your partner, what is one thing in your life you'd like to share with someone else? I mean, I, I could say trips, but I already do that stuff with my friends. I my know, friends are they're pretty, very important to you. Yeah, my friends are, we always like go on a big, like try to go on these big international trips, which is cool that we get to do that. But honestly, I'd really like to do something like that with my brother. Aww. We've never had like, like we've always like different paths close, but like he was into sports, I was into skateboarding, he went to college, I moved to a city, and, but it would be really cool to just like me and him get a little bro time and go do something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that'd be cool. I didn't know you thought about that. Um, I guess something I already do, um, but would like to continue doing or do more is, um, I like collaborating with people. I like working with my friends and working 
like sharing ideas with people. And I haven't had a lot of that super recently, but I just reached out to a friend about doing a kind of um, uh, accountability thing with, with writing projects and kind of sending each other stuff for notes. And so I think I'm interested in that. Number 27, what is something a new friend would need to know about you before you became close? This is a very superficial thing, kind of, but I cannot tolerate, I actually have an anxiety issue with loud chewing, specifically gum chewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yes. anyone who's around me actually really totally needs to know, like, yeah. I used you to just chew can't gum, do it. Like, you just all can't. All the time, and now I... Listerine strips, that's all I got. I really do have to share that with people so that yeah, I don't get incredibly anxious. <laughs> that's true, man. I don't know. What would I have to tell somebody? Um, before we became close, I don't know if I would be able to tell them this, but they would just kind of have to understand my sense of humor because it's dark and cynical <laughs> and like it can come across as like a little rude. I think yeah. so if you're not if you're not into that like you're going to be like this guy is such a dick. Yeah. But that's fair. If you do like it you're going to love me. <laughs> Number 28. Think of one more specific thing you like about your partner, something you haven't already mentioned. You said I was smart and I was loving. <laughs> that's the only two things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um you know what I do really like? I that you are actually interested in helping other people, and that that's like initially when I met you. At, not that I didn't. Neither of us really talked about that much, and Mm-mm. now I see it. Like you, she has like a lot of guilt about things because like yeah. she like, feels guilty. Like oh, I have I have it better, and I shouldn't complain about anything, and and so like you actually care about humanity and like the, the rant you care about the random bus boy at the <laughs> diner the other night about if he has a good life. Like she was talking like going like, like very like concerned for this child. Like this kid. Yeah, do you think he has enough money to live in New York? I'm like, <laughs> no, probably not, but he lives with his family. So it's like you have that compassion for just anyone that you randomly run into. And that's not something that a lot of people, especially New Yorkers have. Yeah, I have a lot of guilt about any privilege I have in my life. Um, yeah, I'm going to steal your answer and kind of say the same thing. I mean, I feel like very hopeful about what we figure out that we can do together in that way in our lives. And you said something really sweet not too long ago, which I'm going to share with the podcast world, <laughs> which was... Yeah, what was it? Um, no, you just came home one day and you were like, because we've been talking a lot about what our life's work is supposed to be. And you said that you thought we would end up doing something that does help other people and that we would end up doing something together, which I thought was really sweet. And I hope that is true. I, I love that you are interested in doing that also. Number 29, share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life. Oh, no, I can't think of anything. The only thing that is coming to mind right now (laughs) is a really long time ago. This is a terrible story to tell because it involves an ex-boyfriend, but it's the only thing I can think of. So I'm sorry. But it's not that it is not that deep. But um, I met an ex-boyfriend's parents. (laughs) And I worked at this theater in Memphis. And this guy's parents had traveled from like very far to be there. And when I met them, we were sitting in this aisle of the seats in the theater. And I was really nervous. And I awkwardly reached over to try to hug his um, stepmom. But it was too awkward an angle to hug someone. And I ended up like holding her face (laughs) in my hands. Just like almost hitting her. Oh, just like I both just, hands. I like, just touched her face with my hands because I couldn't actually hug her. I don't know why that's the first thing I thought of. That's so weird. But I remember it being horrifying and being like, that was the weirdest way to interact with someone. That's pretty funny. She probably thought you meant to do it. She's like, this girl's crazy. I don't know. I think for me, like um, when I left Pittsburgh and I was going to go to anesthesia school and I was like 
I have nowhere to live right now and I'm going to move in with my parents. And, and if I go to school, I have to stay here. Even though school is really hard to get into and I was like happy to get in. I was like, I can't believe I actually like tell people that this is going on in my life. And I think it was honestly like another driving force to like leave and move to New York. But it, you know, that's, that's not an easy thing to admit when you're my Yeah. Age. Number 30. When did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? Oh. Well, both. And in front of another person and by yourself. Like a month ago with you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say what it was about. Yeah, just like life work stuff. And yeah, it was just like a moment. It was it was totally fine. Felt better. With, I don't think I would, I would never like cry alone. But since you're there, then it's like, I feel like... That was it's one of the useful. first times I've actually seen you fully cry. Yeah. yeah, that was definitely it. I cry all the time. It's <laughs> probably uh, this morning or on the actually, way here. Actually, honestly, last night. Oh, it was night, last night. Oh, this is, this is insane. <laughs> we were laying in bed and my cat was laying on me and I thought about, I realized that he was going to die someday. <laughs> she just realized lying, it. And he was laying next to me reading hey. and I and I was like... Harry's gonna die someday and I was crying. Not soon enough. I had a glass of wine last night. That was <laughs> yeah, she was a little emotional with the cat. She's like leans it rolls over. She's like, Yeah, he's gonna die one day. I'm like, Yeah, no kidding. He's a cat. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I like him, but man, I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> oh, that's really hard. And All he's right. fun, Harry. Come on. Yeah, he's so number thirty one. What is something you feel other people like most about your partner? You have to answer. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> um, I would think that, yeah, you're kind of dry and funny. I think that's what, yeah, like when I have friends who meet you. or I mean, that's what I think your friends like about you too, but I think when people meet you, that's what they find really charming. I would say you're, you're th- very thoughtful. Like you really go out of your way to show someone you care about them, like birthday parties. You're throwing the party. You're baking the cake, like you know, <laughs> stuff like, like that. Baking. You're sending out the <laughs> cards and checking up on people. Oh, that's nice. Number thirty-two. Oh, this is an interesting one for you. <laughs> what, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I knew you were yeah. I mean with with the right people in the right situation, but nothing is sacred. Yeah. Um, I know you feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> um I guess anything that would really hurt someone. Well that's the thing though. If it's like I mean it may be like rough to hear, but I'm not saying it two people that would be offended and like bummed about it but when it's just like me and my friends like yeah you guys gosh, are we really push each animals. other but i yeah i just i guess i would say specifically anything that's hurtful to to people yeah and that's not what we're about so but yeah yeah okay number 33 if you were to die suddenly what would you most regret not having told someone why haven't you told them I, that's hard for me because I feel like I'm really vocal with people about how much I care about them. I sometimes worry that I am not communicative enough with my dad. Like I have a really close relationship with my mom, but my dad has done a lot for me and he's really made everything in my life really possible. And I feel like he does know that I'm proud of him and I also am just like really proud of the kind of guy he is like he's worked really hard his whole life and he made a really great life for all of us and he kind of started from the bottom and has become like a really successful person in his field and I just I think he knows that I'm proud of all that but I just I don't know if he knows how much I realize yeah no I'm I'm gonna I would say like something totally similar but like you're close to your parents and I'm close with my parents, but I've never had that talk where I'm like, Hey, I want you to know how much I appreciate everything you guys have done for me and like how much sacrifice you put in and 
especially my dad. I, I talk tell my mom all the time, you know, I love you, you're an awesome mom. Yeah. But my dad, yeah, you know, okay, so why haven't you told your dad? I mean, I haven't told my dad because it's just like the awkwardness. We don't yeah. have those, like, like I don't even remember, like, I mean, even when my, my dad and I hug each other, it's still a little like, I mean, I love uh, Yeah, I, I feel him, like I, just... it makes a little more sense for you because um, I like see that in your guys and it's just like sometimes a little harder to get deep like emotionally. Yeah, I think it's a lot too, like his generation, how he was raised too. Like he just was kind of closed off, like the sweetest guy ever, but they get, he gets uncomfortable with those types of emotions. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't. I don't have any good reason. Number 34. Your house catches fire. After saving loved ones and pets, what one thing would you save? Oh, man. I, this is tough. I have a lot of really weird antiques. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Mike has cool stuff. That I would have to like. I had a nightmare that your ram heads got stolen off our wall. Oh, man. That's awful. <laughs> Honest and oh man, it sounds so superficial to grab that. I really don't have like family heirloom memorabilia. Really. You write in a journal. Yeah, it's true, but I honestly that would not be it. That wouldn't be it. It would probably this is gonna sound so so dumb. No. But it would either be like that, um I have this old antique hutch like or whatever it is in the corner. The corner I cabinet? hate that thing. <laughs> the, the corner cabinet? Oh, yeah, no, 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 not that. It's Oh, not the haunted desk. Oh, you like the, the little corner cabinet. Yeah, because it's just got, like, things from my grandfather and, like, yeah. you know, things like that. And if it wasn't that, it would be right above it. It's, like, a 300-year-old yes. turtle head that I named Poseidon. It's, like, a Honestly, stuffed turtle head. That would probably be it. That's what I would think you would. That's what my guess yeah. would be. I have a question about the haunted desk. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> what? what? All right. So for like years, I would go to flea markets because I'm from Western Pennsylvania and flea markets are like a, a thing. And I would just, anything strange, I would just gravitate towards. And one time I was at uh, a place and I saw this desk and it was clearly like handmade out of scraps of wood. Like there's no architectural design behind this thing at all. It was a desk made for like a little boy or something. It's black. And the paint is cracked, and there's, like, brown cracked, like, seeping through. And when you open it, the inside is painted blood red, <laughs> and it's all, like, faded. It looks so insane. And I, I saw it. I was very convinced when we moved in that we didn't have room for it. Oh, we found, <laughs> but we found, found room. the perfect spot. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I don't even care how much this thing is. I'm, it's going to be mine. And it was only, like, 50 bucks. But the turtle head... He traded a stuffed peacock for yeah when we normal, were huh? first dating, and he was like, "I got the most amazing thing in the world. It's this turtle head. It's been around for so many years. This thing was around when the founding fathers were here. It's this huge yeah, turtle head." And I, like, and I saw it, and I was like, "This thing is terrible to look at." <laughs> it's a giant sea turtle head that like is mounted and stuffed on a wall. Mike is convinced that it's the most impressive thing to people. It's so rare. I show everyone and nobody cares. It's just the head, not even yeah. the shell. Yeah. I've seen a bunch of giant sea turtles, like the whole thing, but this thing is just the head. And it's definitely like pre-electricity. It's so old. Yeah. Love it. I don't think I have much like sentimental stuff in our apartment that I would be racing None to grab. You're like writing stuff that's up top. Well, that's, I think I would grab my computer. That sounds bad. But when my apartment got broken into a couple of years ago, they took a hard drive and they took my old laptop and I lost a lot of stuff that I had worked on. I lost a lot of videos I had made. I lost a lot of just like footage and, and writing documents and so I guess I would grab that just so that I don't lose any more. That's good though because we're not super materialized. Yeah, Mike loves getting rid of stuff. Yeah. He loves not having things. Yeah, throwing stuff away. <laughs> For a guy who collects good. antiques. <laughs> Alright, number 35. Of all the people in your life, whose death would you find most disturbing and why? I don't know why, but my immediate instinct right now was my little brother. I think because it would, I think losing anyone young would be a real shock. Um, this is kind of an awful thing, but we lost a family member years ago. And on the night that he died, 
my brother was driving in crazy weather and when my mom called me and I knew something was wrong, I my immediate thought was that something had happened to my little brother. And I just remember thinking how like terribly my life was about to change with what she was about to tell me. And it wasn't him. It was still a really terrible thing and a really like shocking death. But I just remember the guilt of being relieved that it wasn't my little brother. Yeah, and that's okay too. That was like scary. Um, I would say either like my niece or my nephew or my two little cousins just because yeah. they're young and the circumstances would be crazy and they would just shatter the family. Like yeah. how do you how do you re- rebuild after that? Last question. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Last one. Number 36. Whether you feel they already know it or not. <laughs> oh, I can't believe this is the last question. What advice do you have for your partner? <laughs> Oh man, this is this is gonna be a long. No. <laughs> um, let me think this think it think it through for a second. The reason I laugh is because I sometimes like oh, well, here, get annoyed all, with just, Mike for prescribing. Yeah. yeah so to this me. is just gonna be. But I'm some, open right now. I'm not gonna okay. be good because anytime I say anything remotely close to this, I'm it's, not. It's, I'm open. It's mansplaining, and I get like yeah. I get beat up for it. But no, you, this is the question. You're allowed to give okay. me advice that you think I need. I would say don't be so hard on yourself because you're a great person, great daughter, great girlfriend, and you always feel guilty and you feel like you're not accomplishing enough. And I think that you live a lot of your, you spend a lot of your time like worrying and being anxious about things that you shouldn't you shouldn't waste so much energy on I would say to be positive about your life um because I think you do have a tendency toward the negative you know that but I think you are a really wonderful person with a really good heart and you have a lot to offer and I think you get a little negative about life sometimes but I think you have a lot of love for other people and a lot of like positive things coming in the future. And yeah, you should just be positive. Right. That's really cute, you guys. <laughs> and that was the 36 that questions. That was it. That was all the 36 <laughs> questions. You're almost done, but there's one small part left to do. Okay. Yeah, part of the experiment also involved four minutes of uninterrupted eye contact. Um, oh, cool. <gasps> The reason that uh, Arthur Aaron did this is he thinks that not a lot of people in their everyday lives stare at each other or have eye contact, and it brings people closer. So we're going to time you for four minutes while you stare into each other's eyes, and you can't talk. And for the people who are listening, we're not actually going to have four minutes of dead air. (laughs) But believe us, they really do have four minutes. We have a notary who's going to make sure (laughs) you're staring. And you you can blink... uh, and you can breathe. A lot of people hold their breath for no reason. <laughs> it's very scary. Oh, no, this is like a type of meditation room. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I didn't know about this. Ready? Okay. Ready? Yeah. Yep. Go. Four, three, two. One. You did it. Happy New Year. And I have to kiss. No. Just <laughs> um, it is kind of like a meditation. Yeah, no, people do that. I did like the music in the background as you were <laughs> Yeah, our building is having a party that we're not invited to. It's fine. It's fine. Um, what did you guys think of the 36 questions? I thought they were really interesting. And you know what's interesting about it, though? I think that we knew, we talk a lot, <laughs> and we get into a lot of like heavier stuff, and we I wasn't totally surprised by anything. No. And I think I expected a lot of your answers to be that. Because yeah. we've covered a lot of ground in the short time we've been together. I mean, on that note, was there anything you learned new about each other? Yeah. Yeah, do you, you want me to say what Yeah, you say it first. Um, well, I learned a bit more about why your fears of like losing people is so prominent in your life. Because you've been like through something... Yeah. Traumatic, which I knew about, but I guess I didn't really realize how much that affected you and how much 
it affected your thinking. Yeah, I'm really scared of like surprising phone calls from my family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, a I mean, big fear. Yeah, so I guess I get now like why yeah. you lean that way sometimes. I think this is not specifically about anything you said, but I feel like because I don't mind talking about myself and just talking all the time, I'm surprised how at ease you seemed at all this. And I felt like more panicked about answers than I would have expected to be. Oh, and right. I felt like you were much smoother than I was through the whole thing. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't gauge that from you. Oh, good. Yeah, I just, I feel like I was um, impressed with how good you were at it. <laughs> you guys both did really well. <laughs> You pass. You, you pass. A plus. Who, who won? Yeah, who won this? Uh, it was a tie. You guys both won. <laughs> Everyone's a winner here. So as a thank you for being on the podcast, uh, we know that you are a writer performer. If you want to plug anything, uh, how do people find you? Where do people hire you? Anything you want to say or plug at all? Um, I am I. Uh, well, there's nothing. Okay. <laughs> Um, my website is meganstein.com. I am planning on starting to publish some writing stuff just of my own, just some narrative stuff on my website just for fun. Um, but yeah, I have nothing at the moment really to push. No You Instagrams. can come watch Mike in surgery. At, in my <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you uh, have any orthopedic surgery you need, come find us. <laughs> um, anything you want to plug about Panhandle, Florida? <laughs> yeah, visit Panama City, the world's most beautiful beaches. <laughs> they really are. They're very nice. <laughs> I really want that to be our sponsor, just <laughs> Florida Tourism. I'll send an email to Panama City. Yeah. Uh, I'll just look them up. Downtown Panama City. Oh, here we Celebrate go. Celebrate downtown. That was the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Shipwreck Island and Mural oh. School. <laughs> Strip Park. Splashing all day and screaming after dark. That was it. But Miracle Strip isn't there anymore. So <laughs> I don't know what the current theme song is. <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end the podcast. Yeah. Wait, how do people good. get involved if they want to be on the podcast? So if you'd like to be on the podcast, if you're a stranger or even a couple, you can yeah. email us at 36qpodcast at gmail.com or visit our website at 36qpodcast.com. Yeah, and subscribe on iTunes and everywhere else. Leave us reviews. Anna loves them. I love reviews. <laughs> we, I think we only have like three, but I love them all. She rereads the same three over and over again, and it's great. It's great. My review of being on this podcast, <gasps> 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. Yes. Go ahead and write that on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah.